Path Folk, and welcome to the actual play of play, pay, whatever, actual play of the Mummy's Mask <laughs> Adventure Path. Actual pay is Tyrant's Grasp. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah that was the actual pay. <laughs> it's worth every dollar. And this is uh, After Party 67. That's covering episodes 199, 200, and 201, where yeah. stuff yeah. happened and there was water, which is always the worst temple. And a little bit of mm. earth. But episode 199 is we had the mask vision of the night uh, Hakatep's brother uh, betrayed him, and I really kind of wish his brother had won. But you know, I know, me too. Well, you know, it simplified things. Like, brother was also a follower of Set. So I mean, he was we... also bad, but he wasn't married to that lady. Yeah, and he also wasn't going to spend all of their money on a war with the Shori, which we've never really been 100% sure if it was ever actually a war, but... A cold war. You the know? way I personally like to interpret it, <laughs> the Shori being very high and mighty, literally high as far as things are honestly literally mighty as far as magical might is concerned, were kind of like the biggest bullies in the Garundi yard. And so the fact that Hakatep actually punched them in the nose when they dropped a dinosaur on them... <laughs> Maybe it worked. He Maybe at the very back. least averted a war. It doesn't seem like they were beyond using assassins on possibly either side, considering yeah. Hakatep's use of Jashura. Anyway, everybody mm. in the past was the worst. We've, we've known that this, like, pretty much almost this entire AP. So, And then we, uh, after the vision, we uh, triggered the gas trap, and Stinger Jr. and Scary the Scarab became little baby crocodiles. Baby crocodiles. Oops. That was wild. <laughs> little disappointed that it was only them. And I kind of wanted to be I'm a crocodile. Not. I'm totally fine with not being a crocodile. Yeah. I could have just seen like a little Hollis though with a tiny little like hat so on, just casting her magic. I'd <laughs> have to remember and then I could, you know, not do really very much. She but... can't spell cast because she can't talk as a baby crocodile. Yep. I'd have to get or, silent uh, spell. move her hands yeah. to do the gestures yeah. and yeah. stuff. I'd have to get silent spell and then I could shout, which is a weird thing to do with silent spell. Mm. Yeah. You'd have to take her back to the Temple of Nethys and she'd have to retrain to get silent and still spell. Masiki mm -hmm. usually keeps a break enchantment on hand, which I think would get rid of Baleful Polymorph. I'm not sure. I mean, assuming that Masika didn't go from Catfish Lady into Crocodile. Yes, they're Although both you got good will saves, so. Hollis and I both probably would have remembered who we are, were. Yeah. Ah, oh, it would have been a fun, like, Rugrats, but we're all Crocodiles. But after, since when we triggered the trap by putting the uh, crocodile crown on the statue, it turned back into a helm of underwater action, which we needed. It was awesome. I'm not sure why Hogatep puts things that will help people in the element that they're in, in that element. Like the helm of underwater action should have been like in the tomb of fire and those magma boots lure. should be in the, you know. That's to lure someone to try to use it. <laughs> well, in this case, it was try to tempt you into actually like activating it, which you know, we yeah. fell for that trap. It's also kind of funny because we tend to find those items when they're no longer useful to us. <laughs> well, I don't know. It was pretty useful to Hollis. Like, it was very useful. This one actually would end up being very useful with the magma boots. We were just like, oh, well, we're kind of done now. So, um, all right. Well, if you remember back, this is a number of episodes back, so don't blame me if you don't remember back. What was that back in episode? Oh, geez, I think it was like 190. So basically 11 episodes back. When you talked to Hakatep's Herald, she kind of implied that Hakatep wanted you to go through these and get to him. Because it says that, you know, if you wish to meet he who wields the crook and flail of kings, you must demonstrate your worthiness by traversing the fourfold path. 
Walk on the wind, breathe in the water, swim through the soil, and dance in the fire. Only those sorely tested may come into the divine presence of the most beloved son of Set. So what, does he think he's going to be able to make a high enough diplomacy check for us to go, okay, maybe you're right? I don't understand. <laughs> you know? We'll be his new Akumen. <laughs> Basically, we just have to prove ourselves before we can see him. He's pretty good at convincing people, right? Like that's Sorcerer, he runs off charisma. Dude, stupid charismatic. I won't give you the exact number, but it's stupid high. <laughs> but that led us into episode 200, where we fought against the barbarian div Keshin Peck. Episode 200. Yep, the big 200 it with a giant 200. fight. To kind of address something that uh, you know, was sort of raised about us doing uh, episode 200, it was kind of a standard episode for us. Yeah, it was a boss I mean, fight. Well, it was a boss fight. I didn't actually, we're so close to the end. If we were still in like book five or something like that, I might have done a big like two-parter or an A-side, B-side thing or flash. I don't know. We're something. in the middle of a dungeon. It's hard to do something like that where we are yeah. now. A time a time sensitive dungeon, I might yeah. add. Yeah. 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 We only I got mean, so I could have done something crazy, but it, the flashback. The special crocodile episode. Mm. The, the special <laughs> crocodile episode. But it, that would have been funny. The, we'll do a what if at some point. I remember thinking about doing a big thing for episode 200 and then I was like, we're going to be doing a big thing for episode 200 and then like four months later, we're going to be doing the finale. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and save that. Mm. I don't know. We're making pretty good time. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how much more alchemical gel is in your way. But that's jumping ahead. Yep. It smells like I can just imagine how it smells and I'm just like, Argh. but yeah. So the div was made of hit points and was a barbarian and which makes it made a of crazy hit points. Fight. Yep. Dude is obscene. I'm surprised no one yeah. died in him very yes, happy. Yeah, considering a critical is almost a guaranteed death. Yeah, if he'd got his power attack off on Citra, I don't think I would be here. If right he'd now. had that if he'd gotten that critical off on me, I'd have died. Well and the problem is too is that like we have to be careful if Citra dies because you only have so long before Citra turns into a wraith. Yeah, which True. is why oh, yeah. Masika always <laughs> keeps a breath of wild or breath of their breath of life. I must said breath, breath of the, of the wild. wild. Because we wild. were making <laughs> Zelda jokes earlier. I'm glad it didn't hit me. We activated the pyramid, and uh, that fleet was already out over the ocean, so we said, screw it. They'll just stay in the ocean. And so we didn't have a bluff check this time. Yeah, we decided to just, you know, take the easy road. If they're going to be if they're gonna be kind enough to make it not up them not over a city, then we don't have anything to really do. Yep. True. The fleet that was in charge of this part of the pyramid was patrolling Osirian's coasts and were over major, like, waterways. So they just get to go sit in the water. Have fun yep. with that. So what yep. happens if we futz with that? Uh, yeah, what's the deal with the ice pyramid? Ice pyramid thingy. We're so we're so curious. All right. I, I figure you guys aren't going to be going back. Nah. No. There's a couple layers to this trap. <laughs> All right. It was a trap. I was right. <laughs> so layer number one is the ice, which basically counts as a wall of ice caster level 18. Golly. Uh, if magical fire is used to melt the ice... Any damage causes all of the ice in the chamber to instantly transform into misty vapors, the equivalent of burnt ether fumes. So basically oh. poison gas. Nice. Wow. Nice. Anyone standing on the surface of the ice when it melts falls 10 feet, taking 1d6 points of damage, etc. If the false control pyramid is touched in any way or targeted with a spell, basically it immediately re releases a burst of icy energy, which is the equivalent of an empowered freezing sphere trap. Since the mist in here is still water, it does count as water for the purpose of entrapping you inside of it when it freezes Whoa. everything oh. in this room. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> it's subject to the freezing sphere effect. Whoa. Also wow. inside of the coffin, uh, beneath the ice, 
is uh, is a mummy hmm. of a dwarven woman. Is that the jester later lady? No, it's actually a separate lady. Uh, the jester is uh, the jester was a dude. Uh, uh, this is one of Hakatep's Hi- trusted advisors. She's bedecked in jewelry and also has an open decanter of endless water inside of her sarcophagus, <laughs> which will steadily reflood this room, at which point once it reaches a certain level, it will freeze as per, per the Wall of Ice spell. So that was my joke about how it's like, actually, it would have been really beneficial for Masika when she returns back to her desert people to have a decanter of endless water for her tribe, but not necessarily as useful for you guys down here. That's funny. Wow. So that's anyway, a, that's a that's a really messed up one where it's like if you use detect magic on it, it triggers the trap. Like yeah, you don't see many of those. Clever. That's I'm, clever. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, Mike Shell has the goods. Oh yeah, because <laughs> this was the first adventure path that um, Greg Vaughn didn't do a book for. So he and had to live up to the murder reputation. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he basically like stepped into uh, and went, "Oh, if Greg Vaughn's putting that mantle down, hello." Picked up the horn crown, put it on his head, and sat on the throne. <laughs> ah, yes, traps. You said a pyramid. Excellent. Yes. yes but then I will that... remind you guys once again, for any of our listeners of Hell's Rebels, next book of Hell's Rebels, book two of Hell's Rebels, also Mike Shell. Good, wonderful, amazing. <laughs> um, we'll see how those traps translate to Pathfinder 2. So in episode 201, Masika cast Summon Planar Ally. I had Very actually... Funny like sent Rick I was like I want to cast this spell because we could use some help and here's a bunch of outsiders that I think might work because I know Rick is busy so I was like I'll try to find one and I was like the spell literally says you pray to your god and they send somebody to help so I was like here's some options Rick you you pick and he picked good I believe yeah two is funny cute that's for sure well Yes. We only think two is cute because he showed up three feet tall. If he'd showed up in his <laughs> 15 feet, like, you know, look at me, I don't think we'd be like, oh, look how cute he is. But nope, yeah. he's cute. He's cute as heck. Well, I, I don't know. We, we... Have you met Jessica? He's cute as heck. Little boy yeah. or big boy, either way. Whatever size boy he wants to be, apparently. Yeah. Changey boy. <laughs> well, not specifically. It's uh, large, medium, or small. Ah, still, you know. Or his native size, which is huge. Yeah, it is interesting that uh, we get an Archon, considering, I think, uh, if I remember, I don't remember the full list, but I think we looked at, like, Psychopomps and, like, things that were more against the undead. So it's kind of well, interesting that we just get the sensor. Yeah, I kind of went through and found things that they protect humanity and things like, you know, it's from, bla- you know, from evil writings, but we got Hakatep's crazy wife up in here. So when I looked through the list, I took off my GM cap and I put on my player cap with a little bit of my GM foreknowledge, meta-knowledge, if you so will. And you guys may have noticed that you walk down a lot of five-foot-wide hallways in this dungeon. Yes, <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, any of these large-size outsiders, that's going to be a pain. And then you fight a lot of times, despite the size of these dungeons, a lot of these rooms, there's not the the massive amount of mobility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that mobility already cuts down when Sudi and largest person. Yep. And if you're having to okay. adjust for another large size creature in that space, then that's just that much more of a challenge for you. A pain in the butt. And then I put back on my GM cap and I went with the fact that uh, the extenders have awesome abilities, but are not divine spellcasters, which means I don't have to worry hmm. about, oh, well, the logical thing for him to do would be pray for different spells tomorrow. At which point mm. I'm having to keep track of a like, 13th level spellcaster in addition yeah. to everything else that I'm doing here. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, mind you, his ability to cast Cure Light Wounds at will 
That's pretty that's, cool. That's pretty yeah. good. Or the fact that he can uh, holy smite at will. No. Oh, that's going to come in handy. Like the dude yeah, is, is no slouch. He can fireball three times per day. He can flame strike three times per day. He can dispel evil three times per day. If anyone gets mind controlled again, he can cast uh, protection from evil at will. Nice. Nice. And aren't mummies vulnerable to fire? And he has his fire yes. kopesh. So, I mean, that's yeah. Yep. He has a plus three flaming kopesh. Nice. That's awesome. So, again, he's absolutely no slouch. And especially when he's... Uh, when he is small size, his plus 25 to hit goes up to a plus 28 to hit because he gets the size modifier on his attack rolls. Nice. nice. You know, and I did have to cast an eighth level spell to get him here. So, you know, worth and it. And you are having to pay a lot of money to keep him. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But worth it. So then we had to mess with the doors to the Earth Crypt, which was dumb. Chant that guy's yeah, name a million times. I'm going to basically call it for what the what the like the theme of this is, aside from it being Earth, it's wasting your time on your yep. buffs because yeah. it's yeah. five minutes to get in through the front door, five minutes through the next door. Uh, what what was it like? A half hour to read all this crap. Of, yeah, 30 minutes of reading and then it's like another five minutes to burn through this per like hallway we're going down and then it's 45 minutes of waiting. Like I was just sitting there the whole time well, going, that man, was we us. Had, that wasn't the place itself. Well, yeah. Uh, we like, do, uh, everybody's going to need to mark off their acid resistance because it was 45 minutes of acid resistance yeah, exactly. and we so wasted all 45 gone. minutes in the room. So that sucks. No more of that for you. Yeah. It's trying to just slow you down as much as possible. Yeah. We should have just like you know, flushed that dang door and gone through it. <laughs> well, I think most of the delay has been the time loop. Yeah, yeah the loop ate some time just because like we're, it, it didn't take that long, but because we did the loop like four times or whatever, that's why. Hmm. Why did she even freaking try to do, I don't understand what her motivation was to create a freaking temporal gate in here. It doesn't do anything. Well, her plan was to have it do something. <laughs> but it did not go appropriately. I don't know how any of this works. No, no, neither this do episode, we. <laughs> episode 201 hurt my brain. <laughs> it's it's time travel shenanigans. Yeah. Time travel yeah, gets it's ridiculous. Definitely, definitely time travel, sh time Wibbly, travel shenanigans. Wibbly, timey, why me? Basically. Mm -hmm. Time travel only works if you establish the rules and follow those rules, and we don't know what the established rules are, which makes that's it very confusing. 100%, mm -hmm. yeah. 100% uh -huh. that. Trust me, that's, that's why, like, technically speaking, there are no rules in Terminator. They've never even bothered oh, no, following their own. Oh, no, there's not at all. There are very few. There was one time travel movie that was kind of an indie film sort of thing. I can't remember what it was, what the name of it was. It's about a couple guys that like built a time in machine the garage, in their garage. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember what the name of it was. That one did a decent job, but most times I just go, ah, screw it, it's time travel. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. <laughs> just go play Chrono Trigger. Their time travel makes sense. Anyway. That's true. <laughs> But the future refused to change, Heather. Yes, because those were the <laughs> rules. Um, because there's a anyway. fixed point in time that can't be changed because reasons. Yes, exactly. World of Darkness actually did a good, like, had good rules with the temporal stuff, but that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, so episode two hundred one ends with the uh, overseer finally coming through the door, and we need his like uh -oh. cartouche. Yes. Yep. He's got two weird thingies with him, and I keep waiting for a hound of Thindalos to jump out of the corner and try to kill us all. But, you know. Yeah. They sound like barbed yeah. devils or something. Spiky boys that are humanoid. It, yeah, the humanoid made me think devil, too. Yeah. That's yeah. weird, though, because Seth's no chaotic evil, theme. and so yeah. is, you know, the great old ones are all chaotic, so it doesn't. That's but the weird. pharaoh would be lawful. Not necessarily. 
Also keep in mind that Hakatep was binding elementals, Hakatep was binding daemons, Hakatep yeah. was binding He binds demons. whatever he feels like binding. Yeah, he yeah. just kind of binds things. They're, they're all tools to him. He doesn't care well, about their alignments. <laughs> he is a tool, yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all ready for some emails? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, our first email comes from Cameron from the Plane of Air. Excellent, Hi, Cameron. Hello. Uh... They, they say, greetings, trekkers of trails. I like that. Greetings. <laughs> uh, nice. So, uh, Stay a while and listen. His uh, first word is praise, followed by a semicolon. So, <laughs> so followed by the praise, I yeah. assume. <laughs> yes. Um, I have to say that I got bored waiting between episodes and decided to go back through the entirety of the main channel. And even knowing cool. the outcome of every situation, I found myself deeply engaged in the story you wove and immensely stressed as I can only imagine how you were feeling in tense combats. Yep. Oh, yeah, it gets you. stressful. Yeah, it, it, it does get tense, yeah. Watching those hit points tick down. Yep. Oh, it's sometimes Especially when something's very... doing potentially 118 points of damage to you. <laughs> just, just makes your blood pressure go through the roof. The, they, yep. Cameron continues, either way, I seem to have caught up again within a month and a half of re-listening. Holy <laughs> oh my God. crap. Good grief, ha- What people. do you do that you can listen to podcasts all day? I need that job. It must drive. Maybe well, yeah. I listen to podcasts when things get quiet after like midnight-ish at work usually. So maybe he works overnight somewhere and, you know, can do something like that. They continue. Congratulations, everyone. You've officially become one of my newest hyper fixations. <laughs> I hope awesome. we're at least entertaining enough to be hyper fixated on. Apparently so. we are. For him, so. <laughs> uh, Cameron has a question. As a follow-up question from my last email, what Pathfinder gods slash goddesses would you place in the Galarian equivalent of the Greek pantheon? Greeks. Uh, um, okay. I don't f- know if there are Grecian equivalents. I mean, because most of the time with Galarian, other regions still worship the same core deities. It's the same as like Abadar is worshipped over in Tian Shaw, just by a different name, but he's still Abadar. All right, well, let's think Greeks, Greeks gotta have Abadar for sure. You gotta Civilization have, and stuff. You gotta have yeah. Caden to be the Dionysus and you they'd know, have Phrasma the because Phrasma's pretty much Hades. I mean, you gotta have Shalin he- because he- they love some art and theater and stuff. So here's a fun idea. I've got uh, a couple of Greek gods here. Why don't you guys just shout out who the equivalent would be? Okay. Okay. So instead of just going through there. So uh, first off, Zeus. Kind of the king of gods is a difficult thing to do. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I know, because <laughs> the thing with Zeus is the, you know, I'm going to turn into a swan and a bull and all this other crap and have a thousand children. And I don't know if that's really something. I feel like he's a great old one at that point. Uh-huh. So I don't know if there's really a, a Galarian god that really fits Zeus very well. Okay, well, let's let's get past Zeus. All right, Poseidon. Thinking Gozra. Gozra, yeah, Gozra sure. potentially. Yeah. Well, Gozra Although would be also... the other half of Zeus, too. Like, if Zeus is lightning, right? Oh, I'm thinking yeah, I mean, sky and water. Be... So Gozra would... Oh, I mean, they are brothers. Gozra kind of doing double duty. And they are brothers in the uh, the thing, so... I mean, minus all of the procreation and rapey stuff that Zeus gets up to. True. Although it would be kind of interesting if they worshipped one god as two different aspects of the same deity. That'd be kind of an interesting uh, regional thing. Yeah. Uh, Hera. Um, Arastal? Family? Like no. fertility? Arastal That's her is more Arastal Artemis. Arastal is, is definitely Artemis, yeah. It's hard I to don't tell. Know if there's... Like... Phrasma? I, the no, midwifery? Phrasma feels more like Hades. Yeah, I mean, for, yeah. Uh, 
Well, an aspect of Phrasma yeah. fits in with like if most, you're splitting yeah. the aspects, yeah, I'd say Phrasma. Well, I think I think it'd work for Gozer more than anything else because they are already two different personas yeah. as far as Gozer yeah. is concerned. Mostly, Hera is like the jealous wife, and also and isn't Hesta more family heart? and home? Well, uh, uh, Hestia is also like Hera is about like marriage and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, Hestia is more about the home the and hearth. the hearth and like the the physical side of your family. I mean, at that point, are we maybe thinking something more like Abadar as far as mm. being like the, you know, structure? Uh, maybe. I, I think what we're finding time. is that the Greeks didn't break gods apart the same way that Galarian does. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Demeter. What What about Demeter? Spring? That could be a wrestle, agriculture and stuff. Yeah. Or kind of, or Demeter is more kind of worshipped as an aspect of the green faith. Yeah, that would yeah. work too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, Demeter is the green yeah. faith, yeah. I think we've already said that uh, Hades would be Phrasma. Phrasma. That makes the yeah. most sense. God of yeah. the dead, goddess of the dead, so on and so forth. Uh, Apollo. Uh, knowledge. Aurora. Well, I mean, Serenre yeah. is all about the sun. Serenre yeah. is all well, about I mean, the his, sun. His so. was also yeah. all about prophecy as well. I'm thinking the the oracle smarty pants like Apollo like the oracle of Delphi yeah that's what I was thinking is like more of the like prophecy angle which is again phrasma phrasma kind of phrasma mm. yeah but also you know Irori with with knowledge I could um, see Irori Irori that yeah, is true I could see Irori for Apollo considering the connection to knowledge and learning and all the rest of that which also falls under Artemis which would be the next one as the goddess of wisdom and but also heart. strategy no, that's Athena. Yeah, I mean, Arastle's also Artemis. Yeah. Yeah. There's a weird thing about that just because of uh, Artemis's whole connection to, has a deeper connection to femininity. But yeah, I mean, I think that Arastle would work just fine in that. Uh, Hermes. I kind of feel Desna. like Abadar is the big is uh, the big fit also for Hermes, but no, De- Hermes Desna. is all about travel and all of that stuff too. Desna. So, Desna. so Desna, well, Hermes yeah. is also they they built the Herms and all the rest of that along the roadsides because Hermes was basically the god of roads as well, which kind of falls into... Desna. But I can see it, it as comes Desna. to the travel. I, yeah, I was going to say, I still, for roads and travelers, I think that's Desna. Mm-hmm. So, Athena. Gorum. No, no. Gorum feels no. like Ares. That, a little more... Yeah. It's a little more... Yeah, or Torag, because Torag's like more of a Torag's structured, a tactical, yeah. while Gorum is more about, like, Gorum would be more Ares. Well, the next one would be uh, Hephaestus, which I think would definitely be Torag. That's Torag. Definitely yeah. Torag. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking Iomide for yeah. Iomide yeah. for Athena, mm-hmm. uh, and then the uh, the siblings Aphrodite and Ares, which I imagine I would mean, just Shalene be Ares and... is Gorum. That's Shalene and Gorum, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, I mean those are kind of the the big twelve there. Yeah, it doesn't fit cleanly, is what we're learning. No. no. Yeah. And they'd probably introduce some new deities as far as the uh, the Galarian section of. Could probably just change some letters and keep the same deities. I mean, worst worst case, you bring the you can bring the pantheon in, change their names, and just pull a Roman. <laughs> I don't think they even bother doing that in Galarian. A lot of the time, like the they just bring the like all. No, of the yeah, they've done that for a lot of of, of of different uh, pantheons. Yeah, but the Egyptian is the Egypt's really one of the only ones that they've done that with because isn't the Tian Shah pantheon ones that they've made up or are those based uh, on no. actual no some of those are real no they're not like yeah. Amaterasu well, is an actual um, deity and uh, was it Japanese Japan. yeah Before, but I Amaterasu I didn't think was part of that pantheon because we never did cast Amaterasu we didn't do the minor ones I don't think yeah because I was going to say uh, deities that are 
standard Galarian deities that are still worshipped in Tian Shaw include Desna, uh, Abadar, Iori, uh, Lamashtu, which I think was the one we're kind of joking around about with Zeus. Um, mother of monsters in that case. Although, actually, I think that's more... Uh, there is a mother. Is it Scylla? There is a mother of yeah, monsters. Yeah, there, uh, there is a mother of monsters in Greek yeah. mythology. I can't remember what it is, though. What is it with making women? Uh, the, Phrasma, the ones and Phrasma and Shalin are also both just worshipped as themselves in Tian Shaw. But uh, anyway, uh, Cameron signs off with that's all for now. Ah, awesome. Thank, thank you for the you, question. Cameron. Yeah, yeah no, good question. Uh, email two is from Jordan from the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Another Jordan. Minnesota. Yep. Don't you know? The land of prince. Ooh, elves. Keonan. What? 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 We're, follow that back. Prince is from Minnesota. That's He's from the Twin Cities, right? Yes. Minneapolis, okay. I think. Minneapolis and St. Paul are the Twin Cities. Prince is, if I had to pick a fantasy race, definitely an elf. Oh, Therefore, yeah. Yeah, where totally. are elves? Or an, uh, no, you might be Well, gnomish. I mean, are there two cities in Galerian that are really close to each other like that, that have a dynamic sort of like the Twin Cities? Not that I know of off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I immediately think is Corvosa and Old Corvosa. But <laughs> I mean, that's the same city. That's, true. that's, <laughs> that's just, just, that's just Virginia one. and West Virginia. <laughs> I like Keonan. I think Keonan works. Okay, yeah. Keonan. Very random. Place Only because we don't know a city in Keonan. Minnesota's so. the state of lakes. That's what I know about Well, Minnesota. I mean, there's Golden Leaf, which I think we've placed someone in before. There's also he the capital, just which is live uh, in Idara. Okay. Sure, okay. why not? Yep. I mean, technically, Idara has a connection via a gate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. There are elves there. Elves there. Yeah, so yeah, 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 there we cities. go. We, we, stu- we accidentally stumbled <laughs> into the correct answer there. Jordan says, hi. Yes, it uh-huh. is incredibly confusing at times hearing you say Jordan, especially when your Jordan is having particularly bad dice luck, for which I am notorious at my tables. Maybe uh, that's a Jordan thing. Oh, no, it's a name <laughs> curse. It's a name curse. Well, uh, Jordan, Jordan, time to switch I'm, to the middle name. I know, I have to change my name. I'm thinking well, Steve. Both both Steve. Jordans. I'm, I'm sorry about Steve. your bad <laughs> dice luck. Uh, Jordan continues. I've been listening to your podcasts on and off for the past year and a half or so. Awesome. Though I've only really been able to dedicate time in the past couple of months due to a change in jobs. Mm. I understand. Yeah, understandable. Prior to this, a friend recommended the Glass Cannon podcast, and since then I've started listening to you and the Hideous Laughter podcast as well, though I have to say that your product satisfies both the rules lawyer and role player in me the most. Well, thank you. Thanks. Those other guys do a uh, a lot of good work, though. Yeah. I don't actually. I don't yeah, think I've yeah. ever actually met anybody from Glass Cannon, but the hideous laughter guys are cool. The hideous laughter guys are pretty great. I mean, as a fellow mm-hmm. son of Dallas, uh, Grant's always been great every time I met up with them. And but yeah, actually, Rachel and I got to hang out with uh, like half the hideous laughter crew when we went up for uh, PaizoCon this year, which was pretty awesome. There's some great guys mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, they're at some pretty point. Awesome. Jess and I will actually make it to PaizoCon and get to meet all, everybody. A few, <laughs> like the pre-COVID PaizoCon that Rick and I went to, I met Griffin Steve, and they were pretty cool guys. So We actually have a, a video. We looked so young back then. We had a video from, uh, I think it was like three years saying, ago. What are you saying, Rick? I'm saying uh, I've aged six years in the last three years editing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to be like, this pandemic's aged me a decade, man. Uh, <laughs> no, nope, just any, the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> I was, what I was going to say is uh, we have a video on YouTube uh, where we had a chat with uh, Stephen Griff. Jordan continues, I started playing Pathfinder with the Curse of the Crimson Throne AP a few months before COVID hit. 
in parentheses, perfect timing, mm. breeze through most of the campaign except book five. Rest in peace, my Bladebound Magus. Oh, Bladebound mm. Magus is so much fun. That's what yeah. I played in Skull and Shackle. It was awesome. Also, I think we we're talking about Greg Vaughn earlier. So, uh, book There's five, Greg, Greg Vaughn, Vaughn book yeah. from Curse of the Crimson Throne. Yep. Yikes. Big yikes. Uh, you know, as much you. as I hate on him, though, I do love Greg Vaughn. His books he's are so brutal, They're but he's so brutally good. He's so funny and, and nice and real such life. a nice guy. And he, like Rachel said, he is so hilarious. <laughs> but I'm like, you yeah. murder my characters, dude. Yeah. Murder. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Breeze through most of the campaign, and his poor blade-bound Magus died, and finished the AP in April of last year, though sadly my war priest of Ragathiel failed to survive the final battle. Okay, Ragathiel Aww. is freaking awesome, but that sucks it's that you had pick. two characters die. Dude, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad that's luck rough. right there. That final battle, not to, you know, not to oh, go yeah. into any spoilers, that oh, final yeah. battle is it's, rough and cursed. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. Especially, I think they upped it for the... Uh, anniversary edition that's the one we played yeah we played the anniversary edition (laughs) scarwall they added like what 20 something pages in scarwall that greg bond got cut an entire wing basically Mm. but jordan jordan continues it has been an absolute treat listening to your mummy's mask playthrough currently on episode 154 and as a table you have the most thorough rule knowledge of any group i've heard and are the most pleasant people i could imagine playing with oh shucks well thank you we try it's that southern hospitality is it (laughs) i guess so so we're all so laid back because we're all full of gravy and we're hot mm. and, fr- and fried foods <laughs> yeah. gravy and fried food so. it's 100 degrees outside so we're much like lizards <laughs> actually it's kind of the opposite lizards are more active we're the opposite we're like of cats. whatever a lizard is we're just cats. gonna lay down <laughs> yes yeah. exactly everyone knows that cats are the opposite of lizards yeah uh, I, what they're warm just blooded. Keep going. Just Birds keep going. are the opposite of lizards. They fly and they're warm blooded. Jordan says, I haven't been able to get into second edition or Starfinder, and my current tables aren't interested in continuing to play Pathfinder, but until I can find a good table for it, listening to you guys play is almost as good. Thank you for your wonderful content, Jordan. Oh. Aw, well, thanks. I mean, if you want to uh if you want to listen to some second edition, we do have our Hell's Rebels actual play. Yep. So if you're looking to learn a bit more PF2. It is free and it is bi-weekly. It's free. Also, if you're looking for other groups that you could play with uh, outside of your normal gaming groups, we have a Discord. Yes. And on that Discord, we have a ton of people who play 2E, 1E, Starfinder. Yeah. Whatever We've seen Call of Cthulhu, like all kinds of stuff. Mm, I want to run some COC. There are virtual tabletop games where you hop on Discord and play with people, and, can, and then they also have uh, play-by-posts if, you know, depending on what kind of job and time constraints you have, a virtual tabletop doesn't work for you. So, yes, check out the Discord. You might and be able to find some people to play with. Sometimes. Yes. Ross is on there more than any of us, I think, I at this say, point, Ross plays as far a lot as of playing stuff on games. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for writing in, Jordan, and I'm glad you're enjoying Mummy's Mask, and you should check out our Discord. Yep, 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 yep. So you I should make think... available things like, uh, you know, when everyone's just like, Jordan! And just make that available for other people with the name Jordan, since it's one of the more common <laughs> ones we have. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I could imagine hey. me setting my phone to that for my notifications and just Jordan. hearing, Jordan! <laughs> so I believe it is time for everyone's favorite part of the after parties. Casting. That yep. is true. I do believe that we need to cast another famous person since we have moved on from casting the deities. Although uh, this does remind me, I guess technically if we run out of famous people, we could go back for more obscure deities. Yeah, Yeah, apparently. That is true. 
All right, Heather, go ahead and bounce me a d8. I rolled a six. Six. One of these days, we're going to get the ruby prince. One of these days. Today, I don't think it's that day. Not today. Sounds familiar with this one. This is going to be interesting. Today, we are going to cast Ardak Whitehair. Ardak the Whitehair is a rare sight indeed in the hold of Belskin, a middle-aged orc. He is the current overlord of Urgir, having risen to his position in 4716 after his predecessor, Grask Oldeth, was slain by a mysterious assassin. Prior to that, he was Oldeth's chief advisor and majordomo, and handled most of the business that was deemed unworthy of the boss's personal attention. Hmm. Unlike Oldeth before him, Ardak at first controlled the city, not his tribe, which has given him more time to coordinate improvements to Urgir itself like the discovery of ancient dwarven weapon caches and a herd of rust monsters who now patrol the city. Hmm. In 4719, when the Whispering Tyrant sought to recruit the orcs of Belskin again, like he did 15 centuries before, Ardek mounted the envoy's head on the walls of Orgir. Later, he led the orcs to victory in the Battle of Nine Broken Skulls when the tyrant sent an undead army to subjugate them by force. After the Battle of Nine Broken Skulls, for which he had united the different orc holds, all have accepted him as their overlord, surpassing Uldath himself. Huh. Is this, so, is he, yeah. Is he, like, evil, or is he a good guy, or is he, you know... He is neutral evil. All right. Rad. Mm, okay. I know exactly oh, man, the guy's, like, 17th level. Jeez. Got one that's an interesting choice that I think I'm going to stick with. Yeah, I guess Rachel can take first pick. All right. So this is kind of an interesting choice, but I figure you got to be tough, but charismatic to fulfill his position. I'm going to go with Michael Mm -hmm. Rooker, Hmm. who, if you don't know, he plays um, uh, Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I like Um, him. But he's just like everything I've seen him in from like shows way back in the day. He kind of has this like tough but charismatic presence about him and I am super excited to find that he is going to be in a uh, movie version of A Good Man is Hard to Find which is one of my favorite short stories by Flannery O'Connor and I'm oh, super excited. Oh weird okay. I know right so uh, Michael Rooker that's who I'm going with. Okay. it's a good hmm. pick. Alright so I was a little afraid Rachel's going to take mine. Um, I although too. mine is pretty out there but again thinking tough but charismatic Plays very intelligent, has great range, pulls off the silver fox look really well. Anson Mount. Oh. Most people are probably familiar with him as uh, Captain Christopher Pike from Strange New Worlds. He was also him. Black okay. Bolt from the Marvel stuff. Uh, he was in Hells on Will. He has, uh, uh, in, a, in a recent episode, they had him shirtless. And uh, my God, is that man fit. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, if I was going to be on a show seen by millions and millions of people, I'd get buffed too. I, again, I'm just like you're. You're looking real. F- I mean, you're looking a lot better than uh, than I do shirtless at 50. So uh, yeah, I don't blame him. But yeah, pulls off the silver fox look. Really yep. charismatic. I could see him in green paint with the chiseled jaw. This is going to be a really hard vote. Um, I'm just going to warn everyone <laughs> because uh, I checked to make sure that he had not been cast. Uh, Ron Perlman is who oh. I'm going for. Oh, I did nice. put Ron Perlman up for something and I lost. Apparently he lost. But when I think of guys that play big, like intimidating, powerful leader types, like Ron Perlman's pretty great. Yeah. Obviously Hellboy, but also I think he's on like Sons of Anarchy or something. Yeah, he was yeah. one of the main characters yeah, on that. But uh, 
that guy, Ron Perlman. He deserves to be cast as something, and this would be a cool thing for him to be cast as. Yep. Ooh, I'm this is we be haven't tough, cast him for anything good... before. I put him up, but he didn't win. Yeah, he didn't win, yeah. apparently. All right, for my casting, I'm going uh, deep into my nerddom uh, to uh, one of my favorite shows, Supernatural. Um, there is a uh, wonderful character there who has been on Grey's Anatomy and on The Walking Dead as a villain, and that is oh, Jeffrey okay. Dean Morgan. He's who, also in uh, Losers. Definitely rocks the Silver Fox look. Oh, it's gonna um, be tough. He is uh, super charismatic uh, and a really good villain in uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm happy I don't have to vote. All yeah. right. It took me a minute, but I finally found one, guys. Okay. All right. Vin Diesel. Okay. Have you not yeah. cast Vin Diesel yeah. yet? Seriously? He hasn't won no. any of the things he was up for. Ooh. Yeah. Because he got I, so, I'm thinking, uh, wow. I'm thinking like pitch black, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Go kind full of vibe. with it. Yeah. Gosh, this is going to be so, so difficult. Uh, so that's my choice is Vin Diesel. Sitting on the throne. I'm sorry. I was I, my first thought was just massive orc hordes, and then Vin Diesel standing up there, looking around. It's all about family. <laughs> <laughs> you keep what you kill. Yeah, yeah, you keep what you kill. Yep, yep. Man, this is hard. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, as always. Um, the you can go on to our Discord as we were talking about earlier and vote for uh, who you think should play Ardax, the white-haired. Casting um, powerful folks. Yep. Well, I awesome. think that is the end of After Party 67. Uh, be sure to tune in to the next episode of Mummy's Mask, where we're going to break this dude's face and get out Gonna of this be stupid time, time loop before we get eaten by a hound of Tindalos. It's time for a time caper. <laughs> so, yes. Bum, bum. Mashika, you've created a time paradox. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, no. Goodness. Metal Gear, Snake Eater, come on, people. Uh, Gracious. Nope, never Gracious. played if, if Someone we out just, there went, yes! If we There's just stay out logged out long enough, will the villain just die? <laughs> I doubt it. I always think of that episode of Doctor Who in the, the church where there's been a time paradox and so the little oh, yeah, creepy creatures come. Oh, yeah, he going back trying to fix oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's a really heartbreaking Nine, one. Nine, I think. One of my favorite TNG episodes, not even necessarily the best TNG episode, but one of my favorite TN TNG episodes is an entire time loop thing where they show the exact same scenes over and over and over again. It starts with like a poker game, like so many TNG oh, yeah. episodes do. I know. Yep. It's not necessarily the best, but it's somehow like the very concept of it blew my mind when I first saw that back in the early 90s. Oh. I don't know. That episode of Supernatural oh, so where... I think it's Sam dies a thousand times. No, it's Dean oh, yeah. and Sam is flipping Dean, out. Dean, that's right. Yes, One of them Dean dies so many dies times. Dean dies a dozen different ways. It's, yeah. it, yesterday was Tuesday and today's Tuesday and tomorrow will be Tuesday again. Anyway. Yeah, that <laughs> one is, that's a fun one. Time travel. But, it's fun. Cause and effect was the name of uh, that TNG episode. Alrighty. Well, I think that's it for After Party 67. Thank you all yep, for yep. listening. Uh, be sure to vote on the Discord. Um, you can keep up with us on our Discord and on Twitter. And I, I know there's other places. Oh, our Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon where we play the Tyrant's Grasp Adventure Path. So be sure to check that out. There's also and like, always, you know, merch tiers and stuff. If you want to get yep. stuff. And backgrounds to characters you know and love. Yep. Share memories. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Anyway, Pathfolk, good luck out there, and we will see you next time. Yep. Bye, Pathfolk. Bye, Pathfolk. Bye. 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 Bye.
Ah, man. Random side note, I'm wondering if that was uh, any relationship to Yesterday Was Monday, which was a short story, which was an inspiration for, I wanted to say it was a Twilight Zone. Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.